Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Tampa, Florida. It's time for Tampa Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you this afternoon. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic show. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Chairman of the Board with Eagle Rock Partners, Mr. Jim Cheatham. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. I enjoy it. Well, Jim, before we get too far into things, tell us about Eagle Rock Partners. How are you serving, folks? Well, Eagle Rock Partners, some friends of mine that we've known for years, we merged together and created it in this past uh, six or seven months ago. And uh, Eagle Rock is focused on helping companies solving their problems for funding or funding their businesses or protecting their own investments and enhancing their own portfolios. So you're and that's what we do. So you're part consultant, part um, kind of uh, uh, are you a venture capital, private equity firm? Are you investing? No, not, or, not or, at all. Not at all. What we do is we work with companies that uh, there are several different ways we analyze companies based on what their growth is and what we see. And we have our own little systems. And as uh, the old chairman guru, I sort of give them a first little hello phone call and ask them a few questions about their company and what they're doing. And for many years, I was a consultant to Wall Street and when they're analyzing their portfolios annually. And so uh, if I uh, if I saw what's happening with a company and I see it's in some of the niches, I believe there's going to be a very strong growth markets. Then I turn it over to our team of our CEO and, and uh, president and senior VP, uh, COO. And what we're doing is we, if they look at it to raise funds, we have to raise funds and we have investors that are looking to us because of our own reputations. We do the vetting for them. We're like a consultant to the company. We don't invest in the company. We have investors that look for different types of companies, and we do the vetting for them. And that's one way. The other way we do it is enhancing portfolios. We're involved in trust programs in getting people and understanding how they how, let them understand how to invest by setting up a trust of their own and doing trades and, and uh, trust notes. And so that's the two major things we look at is how to help show them how to grow their portfolio and with no risk. On the other hand, a PPM method is where we will do the vetting for them. Then the investor company likes this, this company, uh, then they will fund them, then they will wind up with an equity position in that company and do the investing with that company and become a, an equity partner with them. And uh, we don't do the uh, the partner itself. We just do the the vetting for that. And you kind of match make so, the company with the investor. Absolutely, we don't we don't do that until we're satisfied to take it to the investor because we know exactly all the rules and regulations in every state, and we also know what our investors are looking for us. And so our reputation is on the on the side of the of the company that's looking for the funding because the investor looks to us. And so we don't take it to an investor unless we are very happy and satisfied that we've got a strong product. For many years, I was a consultant to Wall Street 
through a research firm in New York and analyzing all the various types of companies, uh, who's going up, who's going down, what's changing it, what is the environment, consumer behavior patterns, different generations of people, and how things are changing so fast. And uh, I've been, a, been case studying that for years. And so that's where I come into play in that part of it. Now, so are, basically, that's, that's the way we do. Now, are there any kind of qualities you see companies that get funded? Do they have? Is there any kind of commonality, any uh, kind of things that you see, patterns? You see patterns of basically, uh, unfortunately, a lot of companies want to grow. They're not sure. They don't know how to grow. They have to have a, some hand-holding to show them what to be the, pre the preparation of the growth like business plan development, financials, pre-revenue, all of those things take take a place and and they fall into the patterns. Now, are do, are you you've seen companies over the years some successful, some not successful. Do the successful companies uh, do certain things well? Are there certain must-haves to to make a company successful? One of the very first things I look at at any company and I did this way before I got involved with uh, with this company that we started. But I, for years, I've been on the boards of other companies, and I teach teach people how to be a CEO, for example. I've been a CEO in companies for 30 or 40 years now. And I, I look, the very first thing I look for is the quality of the leadership skills and of the character of the person that's running the whole show because he, he creates the core culture of that company. And if I'm not satisfied with that, it, it didn't go any further. That's a short conversation if they don't pass that test. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we go through a process of looking at things like that, but that is one of the first things of leadership skills, the problems. When I, when I say a smoozing call, I just kind of do a welcoming conversation with them and in that conversation, I'm analyzing the person's character, what his leadership skills, does he know how to build a team. Most companies, unfortunately, are in that merging stage, uh, have to go back and do their homework to understand uh, the infrastructure development. For example, in this current generation of a, uh, millennials, uh, I've had a bunch of them come to me, want to be, want to uh, work with me and help me help them do their thing, because they think they've created the next uh, outstanding app for the high tech world or whatever, but they don't have a clue about how build a, how to build a company, how to structure it, how to develop it and plan it into growth, how to build a team, how to start it from scratch and build the team up and who does what and so forth and so on accountability and responsibility, those are the kind of things that we look at before we really get involved with someone. Now, do you find um, that people that have military experience, veterans, that, um, that they do a good job in terms of leadership and running companies? I would like to say that's part of it. I was a 10-year veteran myself, and uh, I... I I was awarded the Air Force Commendation Medal, the highest non-combat award for restructuring an entire division. And they tried to give me a direct commission, and I refused it. But because I do, I said this wasn't it. I didn't know uh, the general asked me. He said, I, if "Jim, we're we're ready to make you a, a, a captain if, immediately if you'll stay with us." And I said, "No, sir." 
He said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but this is not it. I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> and I went to, back to Memphis, Tennessee, uh, near where I was born. And uh, I got into a fast track program with Holiday Inns. And within two years, I was a vice president of Holiday Inns and spending a lot of their money every day. Uh, uh, advertising and marketing and strategy and so forth. And so, uh, yes, military background is very qualifying in my book because you have the structure of discipline. Uh, that's one of the main things that, that any company has to have. If you don't have discipline and, and strategic planning and know where you're going, for example, the first time I meet a company that wants me to be with them, I'd say, okay, what is your exit strategy? They, they, they say, they're like, what? What do you mean? I said, if you don't know where you're going, there's no need of starting. You have to plan what you're going to do and work a goal toward that goal. It may be to build it for your grandchildren, or it may be built to sell. It may be built to go a public company or be acquired by someone else. But all of those kinds of things that you look for, and discipline, discipline is right along with the whole thing, that and teamwork and knowing how to build a team of people. That's that's critical to it. Now, do you find in today's world where there's a lot of layoffs and a lot of people lose their jobs that and they aspire, maybe I'll be an entrepreneur, I'll do my own thing, that maybe franchising or being part of a franchise is a better fit for a lot of people? It is for some people if they understand it. I've written a lot of articles about franchising. I was on the uh, uh, Franchise Trade Commission Board of Directors back in the 70s. And I still have submitted articles to various newspapers that have asked me to write about that. One of the biggest things about franchising, it does show someone how, but if somebody thinks he's going to buy a ready-made concept that will make him a winner, that's not true. Because one of the biggest questions about it uh, is why is he looking for a franchise to start with? And if so, what is his passion? If he doesn't have a passion to do whatever it is, he won't be successful at it. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Tampa Business Radio, brought to you by the Business Radio X founding sponsor program. For more information on growing your business and owning your backyard, go to radiosponsor.com. We're visiting with Chairman of the Board with Eagle Rock Partners, Mr. Jim Cheatham. Jim Stone Payton here with Business Radio X. I've uh, been listening to your conversation with, with Lee and, uh, and finding it intriguing, inspiring, candidly a little bit intimidating because I know people in your position with your experience base that you are looking for people with demonstrated leadership skill. And I always feel like I come up a little bit short on that. So that's a, that's a topic to dive into perhaps a little bit more even in this conversation. Uh, but this is Tampa Business Radio, and I am interested to know what is your take on the Tampa business climate how would you characterize the business climate there in tampa tampa is exploding like atlanta exploded in the early 70s uh, it is just fantastic to watch tampa grow like it's growing uh, i came to tampa in 1995 as a consultant uh, i was working with the cell telephone people but i built the infrastructure to develop uh, tampa and orlando with the cell towers to phone towers and so forth. And I liked it so much I stayed here. And I've invested here and I Tampa is just 
booming and jumping like crazy. And fortunately for the for Tampa, some leading world-type investors, Bill Gates, Jerry uh, Vinick, and uh, guys like that have committed to it. And Tampa, we have, there used to be jokes about uh, the state bird being the crane. And we have all the cranes in the world right here in Tampa. I mean, there are office buildings on every corner going up, and and uh, it's just amazing. And I, I, I told, I, I, I was single at that time, and I married a young lady that's a Vassar graduate and knows all about the music and, art, and uh, I mean, the art world, fine arts and the older stuff, Mona Lisa's and so forth. I told her she lives a thousand years ago and I live for tomorrow. <laughs> but I could see Tampa as it's just literally exploding. And every time I pick up a magazine, I don't have to pick it up. I can just go for a little drive around town. And you could see it exploding all over the place. Tampa will be the next largest city in Florida. Uh, on the way, Well, it's already the West Coast, but it'll outpass Orlando and all the rest of them. No question about it in my mind. Well, Jim, you mentioned early in the conversation that part of your uh, Eagle Rock Partners practice is around trust and wealth management. Can you share some mistakes that people um, make when it comes to their retirement and, and wealth management? Well, the biggest problem they have is they don't know. Unfortunately, the, the worst thing I see is early retirement. And that, that's that's the killer every time. I personally went through a situation about five years ago, and unfortunately, uh, one of the teenagers on a text phone ran a stop sign going 50 miles an hour and knocked the front of my Jag off and put me in the hospital. And so I thought, well, I probably should go ahead and retire because I'm not the youngest man on the on the on the street now. And so. After six months of therapy and so forth, I I survived it. And now, shortly after that, I put out the word to people that knew me. I said, I do a lot of public speaking, and and my big passion is using my experiences to help growing companies. And so I got back in the the game, and I told told the people, I put the word out, I said, the rocket chair didn't work. (laughs) I had to go to, I had to go somewhere. And so I live and in, in, in look oversee the beautiful water here in Tampa, and I went down the street about three miles into an executive suite, and I've got a little office there. That's my go-to. That's where I'm sitting right now. And, but then here I go again. So I wrote a book during the Wendy's deal about the challenge of building 25 restaurants in, 20, in two years. I published a book called Just One More, and that was our motto and slogan for building that company. And so I live by it now. And actually, I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing a T-shirt under my shirt right now that says, just one more. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I'm not through yet. I always need just one more. <laughs> so I'm getting back to your comment, though. The retirement side of it, unfortunately, we see people retiring too early. And they, they become well, I'm just going to travel, I'm just going to play in my rocket chair and so forth. My wife promised me a rocket chair when I'm 100 years old because she says, I know you, you won't ever quit. I said, you're absolutely right. And I'm not a workaholic. I just, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, the famous evangelist, was my, was my mentor at Holiday Inns. 
And he taught me one thing I use every time I give a speech. I said, he told me, he said, son, if you learn to love what you do, you'll never work again. You just play every day. And that's what I'm doing. I'm playing every day. But so many people, the downfall of, of retiring is retiring too early. You're looking forward to it. My oldest son retired. He's 63. I said, you're just a kid. What in the world are you talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know, Dad. I, you know, so that I don't know if that answered your question, but that's that's what I see. That's the biggest killer there is in retirement. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't prepare there with trust and so forth understanding they're not going to be here forever. And so they need to be prepared and work toward their plan plenty of time ahead of time. And I'm not talking about uh, the RAs, that sort of thing. I'm talking about them, their families, their plans, their goals, and where they're going. And if just some, one more. Just one more, and that's a great philosophy. Now, um, if somebody wanted to learn more about your firm and uh, have a more substantive conversation with you, uh, what's the website? The website is eaglerockpartnersinc.com. Well, Jim, thank you. If you don't get that, if they don't get that, they call me direct. I answer my phone every day, all the time. And that phone number is? My cell phone number is 813. 813- 300-0021, and I'll answer the phone. All right, Jim. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me with you, fellas. I enjoyed it. All right. That was Jim Cheatham with Eagle Rock Partners. You can find him at eaglerockpartnersinc.com. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Tampa Business Radio.